0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the Jimmy's Captain's Podcast radio show coming to you on this Friday, August the 4th, 2023. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are doing a mailbag edition here, question and answer, answering all of the questions that you guys ask via social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere in between. So, that is what we're going through here today, so it's kind of a, a mixed bag of everything. I made a note of everything that I could hear, uh, I guess, answer with any level of intelligence, so that's how we're going to kind of go through the order here. I probably have 15 different questions. Some of them are easier to answer than others. Some of them are referred to different episodes, but i try to give you guys as much value as possible. Uh, we're going to cover a wide array of of topics here. But before I kick off, just a couple housekeeping things. One, again, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live and rocking. There is a lot of you in there. I appreciate everybody in the community. You guys have been amazing so far. JeremyScottFitness.app, if you guys want a free week, we're giving away seven days. You can check out everything. There's a Start Here tab. There's a Beginners tab. There's all of our full programs in there, all of my personal weekly workouts. We have full follow-along mobility flows, upper body tabs, lower body tabs, nutrition, mindset, you name it, there's a huge uh, extras portion in there with all of our macro guides, cookbooks, smoothie guides, easy protein pack recipes, and pretty much everything in between. So if you're not sure what to do with your fitness, maybe you're in between programs or you're not even sure where to start, check it out. Um, you can save for a couple of pennies, but if you want to do a week for free, uh, it's available to you guys. Right now, they're in their 34-Day Ab and Core Challenge. After that, my plan is, fingers crossed here, to jump into our Action Hero Jack 2.0 program, which is completely brand new. Uh, It'll be free for all the app members. This is something that I originally put together the volume one for men's health. There's a whole men's health video series on this on the internet. It's also on our website. This is the upgraded version of that in every way, shape or form. I believe we're gonna have it be kind of three individual but nine week total in terms of the program. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody. It is advanced for sure. Um, if you're looking for something to level up your fitness and challenge yourself, this is a great place to start. I believe we'll be doing um, the prizes for that as well every week and then flying the, the grand prize winner out here to Scottsdale, put you guys up in a hotel. You can train with us and all of that is on my dime. So check it out, JeremyScottFitness.app. You guys can join for free and stay for a couple of pennies and I add new stuff every single week and I answer every single question that is asked inside there. Does anybody else do that? No. But I'm a little bit crazy and I want to help you guys. So link is in the show notes. Check it out. And also, you already know the episode is brought to you by my friends at AG1, drinkag1.com/slash Jeremy Scott will get you guys a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. It's the one thing I take every single day and I never miss, especially when I travel. Summertime for us, since Scott's sale is basically Earth's oven. we tend to travel more for business and for work stuff. I say yes to way more business things uh, in the summertime, especially if they're in locations cooler than here, which is basically damn near everywhere on the planet. And then our personal trips, we almost always take in uh, kind of July and August as well to uh, escape the heat. And you can bet your ass, Athletic Greens, excuse me, AG1, comes with me uh, everywhere I go. So if you guys are tired of taking 15 different pills, you struggle to eat enough fruits and vegetables every single day, even I do, this would be the one thing I would take every single day. It's an easy way to basically health hack your life. It's, in my opinion, the best tasting uh, of all the nutritional supplements out there. Awesome for my gut health. I do feel a boost in energy, supports my immune system, and honestly, I don't make an excuse not to take it. That's probably what's Kept me going for the last seven years. So, a, I don't hate how it tastes. I actually um, have grown to like it, believe it or not. And uh, I just put it in cold water, slam it, and I'm good to go. And then I feel even if I can't eat all my normal macronutrients and micronutrients, at least I got this in my day. So, if you guys are looking for something easy to do to make yourself healthier um, that takes minimal effort and you really want to take ownership of your health, I would say move around more, eat real food. And then pick up some AG1. So hit me up if you want a free sample, 100% on me. Don't feel weird. Don't be nervous. If you've heard me talk about this on 500 Podcasts, or maybe this is the first one, reach out. Uh, Monica will send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it. See if you like it. And if you do, you can get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. We're giving you a year of vitamin D, which you should already be taking with the K2 and five free travel packs on me. So drink AG1.com slash Jeremy Scott to get hooked up today or ask for a free sample I'm offering because I want to help you guys we've sent out thousands of samples over the last probably four years and I'm happy to keep sending them to you your husband your wife your friends your family your mom your dad you name it if they got an address I'll get it to you other than that I don't really want to read the rest of the sponsors here because I've already had a long day and I'm a little bit smoked so if you guys want to check out our other sponsors it's all in the show notes Our friends at Dry Farms Wine, which is the wine that Heather loves. It's organic, it's natural, it's better for you than most of the shit wine that you're probably drinking. Our friends at Sleeve Sold Separately, where I get my joggers, hoodies, and all my fitness gear. And then my friends at JLab Pro, jeremyskyfitness.jlabpro.com, where I get my protein, turmeric, collagen, and curl oils. We almost always have a discount on those. And we have a free supplement guide as well inside the app for you guys, or you can get it by request. So that is what is cooking in there. But all that stuff is in the show notes. If you guys want to, you know, do a phone call with me, if you want to hook up with us, all that stuff is available in the notes as well. If you need a little bit more help with your health and fitness, or you just got a question that you need answering, I can get it done there. So that, my friends, is what is going on. So I have been traveling um, about here, doing a bunch of stuff. I actually just... Uh, did this uh, three-minute sled push challenge that uh, I used to have the house record here. Now, uh, Malcolm, one of the Boom Brothers, has the house record at 3:25, and I just attempted it and filmed it. Um, I'll throw up on Instagram. I had to scrub the speed down because it's a three-minute challenge, and reels is only 90 seconds, and I have no idea how to edit uh, full videos down because I'm an idiot. But I tried it and I failed. So. I do not have the house record. I got 300 yards done in three minutes, uh, heated 325. So it's another full turf length farther than me. And I don't know if I can catch him. Uh, I just, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, it's not in the cards and, uh, I gave it a shot and now I'm tired and I kind of feel like, um, shit. And so here I am, uh, talking to you guys because I made a commitment, but. Well, let's jump into the questions here, uh, get you guys rock and rolling. I'll talk about our travels and our trips when Heather pops back on the podcast because she can articulate it much better than me. She's way more detail-oriented, and she just, she's just better at some things than I am. So with that, uh, these are questions that came from all of you on the Internet asking us if we could give you the answer. So the first one on the docket, thoughts on hybrid training. Uh, I assume when you mean hybrid training, just the overall mix, um, your strength, your mobility, your—if you want to term it—the functional fitness, uh, the metabolic stuff. Yeah, of course, I'm a fan of it. I know some people have have tried to kind of coin it as like this is my type of training. It's like saying bodybuilding is yours or, or CrossFit is yours. It's not. It's just a. It's just a modality. We actually have a program uh, inside the app. It's it's called the five week high intensity hybrid uh, training program. So yeah, uh, I'm a fan of it for sure. You know, I'm a fan of just fitness in general. And I, I say this all the time to everybody I work with and everybody that works with me, do what makes you happy. And I'm happy for you if you're happy. Now, is there optimal ways to train for your body type and your goals? 100%. But it doesn't mean if, if you love bodybuilding, and that's your thing like that really jacks you up and you love to compete and get on stage in your bikini or your, you know, uh, little trunks and you just love posing and you love the whole process and you love the meal prep and you love the straight sets. And that's the way you want to do it. I'm happy for you. Um, are you going to die doing that? No. Is it healthy for you, depending on how extreme you get with it? Oftentimes it's probably not quote unquote healthy. When you're in the, you know, on stage phase, but for the most part, like if you're doing fitness and you're moving, I think it's great. If you love CrossFit, that's great too. Like there's a lot of awesome things about bodybuilding. There's a lot of awesome things about CrossFit at the base level, all the stuff is good. And then when you start to apply, you know, the extremes to most things, then it's where we kind of get in trouble. And so, yeah, I like the, the, the hybrid method of stuff, depending on what your goal is and, and what you want to do. I think it's good to be, you know, well-rounded, but you also can't do everything. Um, I'll talk about this in about a week here on an upcoming podcast, more in detail about just how you can't do everything and you can't be everything to everybody. But yeah, I do like a mix, uh, depending on how specific you mean with the hybrid training for the average adult, I think walking every day, uh, Eating real food, getting good sleep, and doing three legitimate workouts per week is ideal. And of those three workouts, I think there should be some aerobic work, there should be some strength work to it, and some mobility. So I guess that would be like a hybrid-type training program, depending on how you choose to use it. So yeah, I like it. Um, I like everything for somebody, but I don't like everything for everyone, if that makes sense. Some people love to do yoga every day. Is that for me? No but I'm a grinder. I like to grind in the way that I do things and I have found what works for me and that's my hope for everybody. So yeah, I like it. Next question is rest days. Um, Should you take one rest day or two rest days? And if you take two, should it be back to back? You know, really it just depends on you and your goals. And I know I, I refer to that a lot, but everybody's different. You know, if you're 22 versus 52, the rest days probably look different. If you have a goal to, you know, be a world champion Ironman and you want to qualify for Kona, yeah, your day probably looks different than, you know, Rick, who just wants to lose, you know, 20 pounds of shit he's carrying around. So rest days, I say, listen to your body and do what makes sense for you. You don't have to be married to the days either. If there's a day where it's supposed to be a rest day, but you feel great, go train, And then if there's a day where you're supposed to train, but you feel completely run down, maybe that's an active rest day. And when I say rest days, I don't just mean lay on the couch and do nothing. If that's what you want to do, respect. You need escapism and you know your body better than I do. But I don't do that ever. I'm a fan of walking every day for sure. Uh, Mobility and walking will be the least that I do. Um, If I hop in the pool, um, shout out to BJ Gador, who's kind enough to to send me all of his uh, aqua fitness equipment and it is a lot that he sent to my house. I actually have to buy a separate storage unit for my outside because he sent me so much. Um I can go in the pool and do that even on the days where I'm kind of dragging ass because it's it's easy on the joints the movements dynamic and I'm out by the pool so I'm not you know putting all this just sheer force on my body and I can just kind of move through space. So I'm a fan of of having Programmed, you know, active recovery rest days, but it really just depends on you guys. If you want to go two days back to back, cool. I think it's probably better if you spaced them out. You know, if you trained two days, you crushed it, then took a day, two days, you crushed it, then took a day, and then come back. But again, everybody is different. I just say, listen to your body. And, you know, when you're younger, and I can speak to this, you know, because I'm damn near a man and I'm damn near 40. Um, When you're 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, shit, even 30, if stuff was sore for me, I would just kind of ignore it and then it would just go away, you know, sooner than later. And as I've gotten older, you know, obviously I got, you know, more miles on everything. The stuff that's really sore and tight doesn't seem to go away as quick. And sometimes it it doesn't seem to go away at all if I don't, you know, proactively do something to, get rid of it. So I think the age you are, the stage of your training you're in, and just, you know, what type of training you're doing and how much stress and load you've put in your body makes a difference. That doesn't always have to be physical. You know, sometimes it could be emotional stress, uh, mental stress, relationship stress, financial stress, all those things add up. And sometimes the average person who's just kind of stuck in this rat race, stuck in traffic, uh, their boss is a you know a fucking asshole their husband or wife is just you know on one and their kids are just acting up and then you take into account like if there's someone who watches the news and politics and the economy and all that shit and then you're going to take that person and say drop them in a gym setting like in a metcon and just beat the hell out of them i don't think some days that's the best solution for that person so maybe that's a day where you unplug and you just do tissue work, you get a massage, you go for a walk, you do mobility. So again, just listen to your body, know what your goals are, know how you're recovering, know how you feel, know what stage of life you're in. And sometimes when you are really run down, just live to train another day. That's all I can say. Just live to train another day. It doesn't mean skip workouts and make up excuses, but you can call an audible if you need to. I'm not a fan of punting things and doing nothing, But calling it audible and being smart sometimes is the best thing you can do. Next on the list, balancing your fitness goals in terms of strength, Metcons, cardio, mobility into your week. It really matters, you know, what you want to do and, and what type of body type you have. If you're more ectomorph, you probably got to go more strength stuff. If you're, you know, endomorph, You know, you probably have to do more aerobic stuff because you can have a little bit more tissue easier than the ectomorph can. But it really just, it just depends on you and what you're trying to get done. We have full programs, obviously, in the app in great detail. I tend to do four what I call loading days per week, um, which is, you know, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, kind of heavier, heavier, and then hypertrophy, hypertrophy. I tend to have uh, a real, real heavy, detailed uh, active rest, recovery, kind of aerobic day. One of my days of the week, we kind of just share as like an active rest day. I do a lot of filming of content, a lot of just going through dynamic movements and, and trying different things. And then Sundays we do the advanced met and we just rip our face off. That's what I do. I do mobility for an hour every single day. But again, I also work in a facility that I own. I have all the stuff at my house. And I might do an hour in a row. Sometimes I might do 10 minutes here, 7 minutes here, 12 minutes here. And then at the end of the day, I already have over an hour done. So I try to squeeze it in and kind of micro mobility. Don't steal that term. We have a program coming out at the end of the year called micro-dosing mobility. And it's fucking awesome. Um, so that's me. So I always make time for the mobility, especially at this age. And the strength work, sometimes I go, you know, heavier, and sometimes on my heavy days, I don't go as heavy, I might slow the weight down and focus more on tempo and time under tension. So I really just audit how I feel and listen to my body. And then there's days where I might do three total body lifts in a week. And then I might focus more on some of the metabolic work or the aerobic work, or honestly, I've been working on uh, trying to just really maximize my end ranges and getting the things that I know are holding me back from, let's say, doing the splits. I've been working on a lot of uh, splits training, which is actually super painful. um, And it's a huge pain in the ass or actually pain in the hamstrings and pain in the TFL and hip flexors. But I've been working on it. And so a day where I normally maybe would have loaded more, I might load half the time and then do some of my splits training on the back end. So It really just matters to you guys. I think for the average person, if you can mix them up, that's why I say three workouts a week, the metabolic workouts with weight loading is probably ideal. And then if you had another day where you just did weight loading and then other days you just walked and did heavy mobility, that's great too. So you really have to know what you're trying to do. That's why I say if you have a goal and accountability and a coach, you're going to go way further than if you're just training by yourself. That's why we made the app you know, basically pennies a day. You can ask me any question in between. We have programs that are already laid out for you that'll get you guys to where you want to go. And again, it doesn't got to be me. I'm not trying to sell you. But if you go to a gym or you have a community, I think, you know, asking the person that is in charge that you work with, it's going to help you guys go a long way. Next one, discussing strength training programs. Um, We've had a lot of strength coaches on. We'll have more on. Um, We have a lot of strength programs that we've created and do. Uh, and again, strength is a relative term. It, it really just depends what you're trying to do. Are you trying to work on you know explosiveness? are you trying to work on endurance? Are you trying to work on you know one rep max stuff? Is it more you know hypertrophy, even though hypertrophy isn't strength based, but if, um, honestly if you if you're doing bodybuilding movements and, and that's how you're kind of focusing on hypertrophy, you're gonna get stronger. Um, so it's kind of a loaded question, but if you have something specific in terms of strength training, I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to answer it. My quick take on that is you got to pick up load at some point. And I think for a lot of you, it doesn't have to be barbell stuff. It doesn't have to be insanely heavy stuff. I don't think you have to, you know, a barbell deadlift. I don't think you have to barbell bench press. I don't think you have to barbell back squat. But I do think you need to be able to hang from a, from a bar, um, master your body weight strength. I think you should be able to squat through 4 range of motion. You should be able to do... Uh, Lunging variations, step-up variations. You should be able to do farmer's carries, overhead carries, sled pushes, sled pulls, I think are all vitally important. You should be able to do push-ups, things like that. So there's a baseline level of strength I think every human should have just for function and for life, but beyond that, it's really up to you um, why you need it and, and what you're using it for. But I am a fan of obviously picking up heavy shit and moving it around, but just in a real a real safe format. So putting on a weight vest, putting on a ruck pack, I think all of those things are uh, are great and ideal and they should be kind of the meat and potatoes of your programming. And again, if you're older, you're 76 years old, you probably don't got to be lifting up the heaviest things in the world, but you do have to be putting, you know, load onto the body. Next question. Started AG1 and love it. When and how do you take yours for the best results? Most people... I would say, depending on when you wake up, if you can take it first thing in the morning, just get up, put in some water, shake it, slam it, and you're good to go. Uh, personally, for me, I tend to take it before my first meal, which usually is later in the day. Most of the time, I'm eating once a day. Uh, depending on my travel schedule and what I have going on, a lot of these travel days, I might just do. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't. I'm gonna butcher the name. The certain kind of. Uh, beef jerky and like a Koya I might have with like an almond butter packet. And then I'll have a meal out with friends and family or something. Cause a lot of these trips, to be honest, we've been hiking like 20,000 steps a day. We've been paddle boarding, kayaking, doing all this stuff. So it's not really like a vacation vacation on those days. I might do the greens earlier in the day, just because it's not my normal schedule. But when I'm here in town, I'm usually, um, up and moving around or in the facility here by like 5 a.m. So I don't do the greens that early. Um, I usually wait till later in the day. So for a lot of people on an empty stomach, first thing in the morning is great. If you throw it in your shake, that's awesome too. Or before your first meal is when I do it. But I think any time is going to be fine. I think as long as you're doing it each and every single day or most days and not missing days on purpose, you're going to be all right. I'm not so concerned about the timing for like, you know, AG1 or meals even for that matter. It's more just the consistency of doing it. I think a lot of times we get lost in the details and the weeds of things thinking like, oh, I got to have the perfect workout music and I have to do, you know, 26 minutes of mobility here and I got to do a cold plunge and red light therapy and journal and all this bullshit. And it's like, do what works for you guys and do it when you can squeeze it in. I think that's the best results. And then over time, you're going to find a natural cadence that works well, for you and what you want to do. Next question on the list Thoughts on back squatting? Is it something that you should avoid? Well, I don't necessarily think it's something that people should avoid. Uh, I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think you have to do it. I think you can have a great set of legs and be strong and, and fit and functional without ever back squatting in your life. Depending on, you know, what your skill set is like, did you grow up back squatting? Uh, are you over, let's say six feet tall? You know, if you're like my buddy, Ben, he's six foot nine and he can back squat, uh, you know, damn near perfect, but I don't think it's the best thing for him. You know, I think at this point he can get a lot more done with unilateral training and, a lot of just the the single leg work as opposed to putting a barbell on your back and loading it up as heavy as possible. So if you like it, you can do it for sure. If you are skilled in it and you feel very confident in it and you've had a coach walk you through it and you know what you're doing and you like it, yeah, I think it's fine. For the general fitness population, I don't think it's necessary at all and I don't think they should do it. And I'm saying that with an asterisk. If you feel good and you've been coached and you know your movement patterns and you know your ranges of motion and you understand like here, this is my biomechanics and here's what I know works for me, awesome. 99% of the people that I see do things like back squat uh, online or in commercial gyms, it looks like trash. And it, I think they could get a lot more done with 10 of their different leg movements. And that's me just judging from afar. I don't know their goals and and what they want to do, but I think it's safer for most people to do like split squats, lunges, reverse lunges, uh, step ups. If you want to get advanced, you know, the heel elevated, you know, split squats, if you wanted to do, uh, you know, Nordics, single leg, hip thrust, pushing a sled, all of those things I just named, can work your legs. And I think it's safer. Honestly, if you want to squat like that, like rack squat with some dumbbells, uh, goblet squat, I think is great. Um, any of the pit shark stuff, like all that stuff is good. And it just doesn't load your spine. I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of what I'm getting at is if something's wrong in the chain and you're just, you're putting two, 300 pounds on your spine, it's cool. If, if you've been doing mobility and tissue work and, and all of the other things, but I just I know so many people don't. And then again, I think the last thing a lot of people need is to sit in their office chair all day and then walk into a commercial gym and just, you know, do a bunch of shitty reps of, of heavy back squats when they can't even squat anywhere near perfect with their body weight or you know, a dumbbell goblet squatting. Just my two cents. So yes, you can do it if you feel good, but there's a lot of ways to skin a catman, and I I mean this If you're doing stuff in the gym and it doesn't feel good, like it hurts, stop doing it. The only thing, like if you're, you know, foam rolling and it hurts, you can keep doing that. Like you'll be okay. Like as long as you can contract, relax the muscle and you can, you know, breathe, you're going to be okay with that. Um, But if you're like deadlifting or bench pressing or squatting or overhead pressing a certain way and it hurts, find another way. Like, if it hurts for you to do barbell overhead presses, don't do them. Like, grab a set of dumbbells, change the grip, and see if that helps. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't feel good back squatting, like, well, Jimmy, my low back always hurts, or my hips are always hurting, like, try split squatting. You know, like, find a better way. There comes a point where you have to be smart, because, like, unless you're going to go compete in, like, who has the biggest back squat or deadlift or bench press, it doesn't matter. If you just want to be strong and fit and look good, there's a bunch of ways to get there. Next on the list, tips for the average Joe and Jane to combat this wave of fit shaming and the body positivity that can lead people to living a sedentary lifestyle. Um, I didn't know this was a thing until recently, and then somebody sent me a video of uh, someone who was wanting to lose weight and the the person making the video was saying like you know if you want to lose weight you're well, I don't forget the term that she used she was basically saying like if you want to lose weight you basically hate obese people or something crazy like that um, look I'm not a fan of shaming anybody I'm not a fan of fat shaming or or fit shaming obviously either uh, I don't understand it man like do what you want to do. You know, do what makes you happy. If you want to be 400 pounds and you're happy being there, I'm, I'm nobody to judge. Like, if you're happy being 400 pounds, I wish you an amazing life. Do I think that's healthy? No, that's a different question. But do I care what, if you want to exercise or not, doesn't matter to me. If you want to smoke, you know, eight packs of cigarettes a day, doesn't matter to me. What you do with your body is none of my business. Now, if you ask me, hey, Jeremy, is it healthy to be 400 pounds? I don't believe so. I, I didn't, I've never seen a lot of 400-pound people in nursing homes. You know why? Because they're already dead. Like, they didn't make it there. It's just a lot of stress on your body and your joints and your heart, and everything just has to work really hard. It, it, I've not met a lot of really fit 400-pound people. So, again, if you're happy there, be there. The same thing with being fit. Like, there's nothing wrong with being super fit. And nobody should be shamed because they're 400 pounds or if they're just, you know, ripped like Rambo. And the body positivity stuff, like, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, if you like how you look, that's awesome. If you're confident in your own skin, awesome. I don't think they should lead you to just not try to be better if you want to be better. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, I'm happy with the way I look and the way that I feel Be and I'm 400 pounds and I can't, you know, walk more than 20 minutes without, you know, feeling completely exhausted. If you're happy there, then be there. But to me, if you want to be better, be better. You know, I feel the same way where people kind of talk shit like on the, the hustle culture too, right? Like, you know, people will say hustle and grind and you know wake up early and work your ass off and then other people will talk shit like oh I hate that stuff it's not for you like I'm not saying I'm picking a side here but like if you've if you've never built anything of course you're not going to say that anybody who's ran a business and anybody who has built something from nothing has hustled their fucking ass off at some point should you do that your whole life every second absolutely not but for people who are like oh all that grind hustle stuff like That's not what life's about. No, that's not what your life is about. But you've never built anything. Like, you've never worked your fucking ass off. If somebody wants to work 100 hours a week forever and that's what they like to do, you should let them do that. If somebody doesn't want to work and wants to sit on their ass all day and just smoke weed, play video games, and watch porn, that's cool, too. Like, I feel the same way about, you know, being super fit, being overweight, being super successful in hustling, or not doing anything at all. Like, You need to do what works for you. Like, I'm a huge fan of that. But in my opinion, like, it's cool to work hard. Um, It's okay to work hard. It's okay to want to better yourself. It's also okay to be a lazy ass and never work and be happy with never evolving and growing. Do what makes you happy. And you got to do it for yourself. You can't do it, obviously, for anybody else. It's the same way I feel about the stuff we create here, like this podcast or... All the stuff we put on social media. I know most of the stuff that I do, 90% of people don't give a shit. But I don't do it for them. I do it for the 10% of the people who need to hear it and need to care about it. So I know it's, it's hard for me to to answer that question. And hopefully I did it in the best way possible. Like, I I get it because we live in America, or at least a lot of you do who are listening. And being healthy and being fit has become Rare. You know, it really has, and uh, I'm not saying I'm special here, or I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm 40 fucking years old, and I look this way. It's not normal. You know, there's not a lot of dudes who are 40 years old who look like me when we go somewhere, and to be honest with you, uh, I don't take my clothes off, like, in public. We do it for the internet, sure, but when I go to hotels, like, with my wife, we go to these resorts, I wear a long sleeve shirt and like a hoodie and like a a t-shirt for as long as humanly possible if I do get into a pool just because I don't like the attention. Now that's on me. That's not on anybody else. But I also don't like go around trying to make people feel bad if that's how they would feel if they weren't fit. You know, like I don't go into the hot tubs at the resorts because I'm like, I'm going to feel uncomfortable because people are going to stare at me and sometimes you make them feel uncomfortable. Now that's something that I am personally choosing to do They shouldn't feel any certain way about me, nor should I, like, if if them, if they're super fit or they're not super fit, it doesn't fucking matter to me. But there is something about that now that that I've started to notice as I get older, there's less and less people who are in shape. And more and more people, the norm has been becoming, well, I'm just older, I'm overweight, I can't be healthy, I can't be fit. You can be if you want to be. But if you don't want to be, you don't have to be either. So... I know it's not like a a perfect answer, but uh, I'm not a fan of, you know, trying to put your beliefs or your thoughts on anyone. And that goes for your, you know, your husband or wife and your friends and your family. You can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. You can't make them be healthy. You can't make them be fit. And if they're happy with where they're at, you got to be happy for them. And that's kind of my belief with everything in life. Now, if they're doing things that are unhealthy, you can approach it from a standpoint of like, yeah, I really wish you'd be healthier because I'd like you to be around longer. Cause you know, I love you and I care about you, those type of things. But you know, something works for everybody, I guess. Uh, next on the list, debunk fitness myths. Um, the worst fitness advice I have ever heard. That is a, it's a tough one as I thought about it. You know, if you can, um, I guess what's the worst, I don't know what the worst one is, but one that I think is stupid is if you, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. You know, like you ever heard people say like, well, if you read the label, and you look at something and you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't eat it. And I think that's uh, actually pretty horrible advice. No, I know what they're trying to say. You know, they're talking about like, don't eat chemicals. And when you say that, You kind of sound like a dumbass because like everything is made up of, you know, in air quotes, chemicals. Like if you're talking about, let's say blueberries, for example, um, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation here, but it's uh, anthocyanus. Is that how you say it? Anthocyanus is uh, like the natural pigment that's responsible for the blue and purple and violet and the red colors of fruit. And it's one of the major, you know, flavonoid classes. I can barely pronounce it. And if you look at all of the quote-unquote chemicals that make up a banana or blueberries, I probably can't pronounce half of them. Now, does that mean that I shouldn't eat it because it's not healthy? No, it means I'm an idiot and I don't know how to pronounce words. You know what I'm saying? Like like that's why I don't think that's great advice. I understand, you know, the idea behind saying that, but it also I don't think is, is completely accurate. But Again, it's, it's with good intentions. You know, I don't know what the worst advice is, but I do know I'm not a fan of all the the food and drink and fear-mongering that goes on. You know, you have a lot of stuff on the internet now where if we really, you know, take a polarizing stance at something, um, it goes viral. Oh, you can't eat this food because you're going to die and you can't have a Diet Coke because, you know, it'll give you cancer and that goes along the same lines as all the biohacking shit, you know, that's got to be in there. Like you got to have this four morning routine. No, you don't. You don't have to do all the things. In fact, you can't do all the things. And I don't think you should do all the things. And a lot of these foods and drinks aren't going to kill you and you're not going to drop dead. They're not going to give you this, you know, crazy ass, you know, cancer in your face. You can drink a beer, you know, like you can have a whiskey, you can eat it. You can eat a pizza, You can have cinnamon rolls. You just can't have them 24-7. You know, you just can't eat like an asshole all day, every day. But you can live your life. And where you draw that line and have that balance is great. If you're an alcoholic, obviously don't drink booze. If you're a person who's, you know, uncontrollable, you know, avalanche eating when they eat pizza, maybe don't, you know, bring pizza in your house. But you can eat those things and you're not going to die. You can have a Diet Coke. It's not the worst fucking thing in the world. And again, you don't also have to have a three-hour morning routine. You got to find what works for you guys. And you got to live your fucking life, you know? Like, that's probably the the worst stuff that I hear and listen to. Because, you know, people will send it to me. Oh, Jeremy, have you seen this? If you eat, if you have this fake sweetener, this is what will happen. It's like, nobody's perfect. You know, and if I listen to every single you know, fitness person or health person and guru and I read everything, it'd be like, okay, so what can I do? I can basically eat, uh, you know fish well no actually I can't because fish is shit according to this guy well I can eat chicken actually no chicken is trash compared to this guy well I can't eat meat I can eat vegetables don't eat vegetables because they have stuff sprayed on them but eat these organic vegetables but not these ones eat nightshade ones and don't drink diet soda and don't drink beer and oh just you know drink water but only like live water don't drink this dead water and it's like what the fuck like how like how dumb have we gotten As a health and fitness profession, to say all this shit, dump it on you know average Joe who's just going to his you know insurance job trying to make money. Sorry, Dilo, or like you know the guy who's just selling mortgages. He's having a hard enough time because the interest rates are through the roof. You know he's just trying to make a buck for his family, and he's got to look at eighty-seven different things that he can't do. It's like, what's left for people to eat and drink then? You see what I'm saying? So that's why I always just say. Try to eat real food, move your body around, try not to stress out and just be physically active. And I think you're going to be okay. I really do. Um, so yeah, that's probably the the worst advice I think people give is being overly restrictive with everything and having so much fear placed on every single thing you do. Like it's going to be the end of the world. Look, dude, we've been around for a long time. Um, I'm from a different era, right? Like, I grew up before the internet. Like, we used to fight people in real life. You could buy cigarettes in a vending machine. My old man's pickup didn't have a seatbelt. In fact, a lot of times he used to ride in the bed. You know what that is? Like, the back of the pickup, you know, where they would put, like, leaves and trash and shit. Like, I would, I would ride home from school in that thing. Like, I'd leave the house on my bike and not come back for the whole day. My parents would go to work and they'd be gone before I wake up. And I'm on my own to make myself a grilled cheese and drink a Mountain Dew. And oh, by the way, when I got thirsty, I was drinking out of a fucking hose water. What chemicals are in that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still here. Somehow I've made it. And in college, dude, I put my body into and around way worse things than you can imagine. And I put more shit in my body than than most humans. And somehow I've survived. And I think you guys will too if you just do the basic things. Next on the list. Busy mom works 50 hours a week in healthcare, works out 30 to 40 minutes a day, but the scale and her body doesn't look like it. Thoughts on fat burners and what is this? Is it FENQ, P-H-E-N-Q? I don't know what that is uh, specifically. I'm not a huge uh, fat burner person, but if you want to get into the weeds of it, here we go. Do fat burners work? Uh, The answer, maybe a little bit. Um, I'd say yeah. Let's say yes, they do work, right? But they're not, it's not a magic pill. It's not a miracle. Um, Fat burners actually don't, you know, incinerate fat and just make fat disappear in your body. Um, They try to drive weight loss, which if you're going to lose weight and some fat goes with it, there you go. So a lot of them, depending on what they put in them, uh, a lot of similar ingredients, like if it's, you know, we're saying burning calories, we're burning units of heat. So if it's things like, you know, peppers or the capsaicin extract, things like that, if it increases, you know, your metabolism, you burn more calories. If you reduce the amount of, you know, fat your gut absorbs, if it suppresses your appetite, so you consume fewer calories, things like that. Um, I guess that's how they work in theory. Obviously, some of the ingredients you know found in fat burners have been linked to, you know, studies that show that there's amounts of weight loss. But a lot of these supplements have not been, you know, tested in legit studies across the board. So, do fat burners work? Probably to some extent. Is it going to be a huge noticeable uh, noticeable difference if you continue to eat like shit and drink booze uh, in abundance? No, I don't think so. I don't think it even makes a a 5% difference in in what you're doing. I don't think a fat burner makes a 2% difference um, in what you're doing. But that's just me. I'm guessing here. I don't have uh, data to back that up, but that would be my opinion. Now, the big one here that people have been asking me about, um, semiglutide or Ozempic, a lot of you are familiar this has kind of been the craze, if you want to call it like the, the Hollywood kind of movie star, you know, weight loss drug. What are my thoughts on Ozempic and semi-glutide? Again, I'm always going to defer back to do what makes you happy, man. I'm not the moral police here. I'm, I'm just a dude in a warehouse who wants to help people. Uh, it's not up to me to tell you what to do with your body um, and your money and your time. But just so we're crystal clear, ozempic or the semiglutide is a class of medication. Uh, It's a glucagon, glucagon, glucagon. I can barely talk today. Um, Peptide, so GLP-1. It mimics the GLP-1 hormone that is released in your GI tract in response to eating. So one role of the GLP-1 is to prompt the body to produce more insulin, which reduces blood glucose, sugar, another term. Ozempic is, you know, generically, you know, the uh, semiglutide. So Ozempic is just like a brand, right? So semiglutide would be like the just generic version of it. It was approved in 2017, U.S. drug uh, admin, FDA, for use in adults with type 2 diabetes. So that's what it's approved for. Um, It's a weekly injection, helps lower blood sugar by helping the pancreas make more insulin. If you don't have type 2 diabetes, should you take it? Personally, I would say no, you know, but I'm not your doctor. Again, I'm just a dude. Uh, But if you don't have type 2 diabetes, I don't think you need to take it. Um, Do people lose weight on it? For sure. Um, I've seen some research say that you can lose up to 15% of your body weight if you take it, which if you're 200 pounds, that'd be 30 pounds. It's a lot of weight for sure. Uh, Is there side effects? For sure. The biggest ones that I have seen are the most common ones that I could find. Um, Nausea occurs in about 15-20% of people. So you feel nauseous when you take it. Other uh, symptoms I've seen, vomiting, about 9% of people. Diarrhea, in about 8% of people. Stomach area pain, 6-7% to of people. And constipation, 3-7% to of people. I saw some stuff about... um, having your stomach be paralyzed. I, I didn't look enough into detail about that. I'd have to have a doctor on. I can probably bring one on here to talk about it into detail. Um, there's also the thing like Ozempic face. And again, I'm saying Ozempic, semi whatever. I'm not against the brands. I'm like, do it works for you. Um, but they say it's like when you get this increased like wrinkling and hollowing of your face when you lose weight, when you're on the drug. So like a loss of volume in your face can make your facial features kind of be more pronounced and create this kind of, you know, hollow, almost like gaunt-like appearance. I think they actually call it like ozempic face, actually, um, is the term that I've heard of used. And again, so, but really what does it do, right? It works by adjusting the way your body, you know, processes glucose, sugar, in other words. It leads to slower digestion, means that the food stays in your stomach longer as it's being broken down. And as your stomach works on digesting, digesting, excuse me, it produces additional gas, which which leads to that kind of uncomfortable bloating feeling and, like, the stomach pain. So it, it, it doesn't affect... Everything that I've seen and read, the Ozempic doesn't affect your metabolism. Now, if someone can send me the data and I'm happy to look at it, I haven't seen anything where it says it actually affects your metabolism. It just... lack of a better term, you don't have the same hunger cravings. Like you feel whether it's nauseous or bloated or full and you just, you don't have the same cravings and you don't want to eat as much food because of this other feeling that takes over. And then obviously people ask, you know, well, when you stop taking it, what will happen? I think when you stop taking it, you're going to start to feel the same hunger pains you always had. And The consequence of that is you're going to start eating more to satisfy that hunger. And the increase in consumption is probably going to lead to you regaining the weight that was lost before. They have a 2022 study found that most individuals gain the weight back a year after stopped taking the medication. So once they stopped taking the medication, the weight came back. So if you lose weight with the drugs, you're likely going to need to keep taking the medication forever to keep the weight off. People who stopped taking Ozempic or Glutide or what's the other one? Like Wegovy, is it Wegovy if I'm saying it right? They often gain the weight back relatively quickly. At the end of the day, you need to fix the underlying issue. That's never going to change. So even if you take the drugs, you stop taking them, it all comes back. If you, if you take the drugs and you don't make changes in your eating, in your drinking, in your training, in your sleeping, even if you get some results, when you stop taking them, unless all of the underlying issues are fixed and, and the things maintain, you're going to go back to where you were before. So again, there's no judgment here for anybody who's taken it. If it's something that's, you know, helped kickstart you and you bought it, like, I don't know what you want to call it, off-label or you paid for it in cash, which I think is like, what does it cost? Like a thousand bucks a month if maybe it's more than that. I don't know. Um, If you don't have uh, your insurance pay for it, you know, I don't know, I just long, I'm a huge fan of doing things that are healthy, long term for your body. And I don't know, it would suck if you did it and you lost, you know, 30 pounds, but then you stopped taking it and the 30 pounds came back and then, then some and you didn't use the opportunity to actually fix what was wrong in the first place. So hopefully that makes sense. Do fat burners work? I guess a little bit. And then if you want to take the next step, you know, does some of glutide and ozempic work from everything I've seen? Yeah, it does work on people. Um, I've seen people take it. I've seen it work in them and, uh, no judgment here, but I think sometimes you end up not looking and feeling the way that you want to. And what I always ask for everybody is what are you doing everything for? Right. Like, if you're happy being 500 pounds, cool. If you're happy being, you know, 88 pounds, cool. I'm nobody to judge. But I would always urge you to chase health first and the vanity part second. At the end of the day, you know, I I put this up on actually Instagram today. And it's a quote that I've shared, you know, quite a few times over the years um, because I think it's important. And I don't know originally, like, where it came from, if it was, you know, I know Winston Churchill has been credited with it, but I don't think that's actually true. The quote is, when I was 18, I cared what everyone thought. When I was 40, I stopped caring about what everyone thought. When I was 65, I realized no one was ever thinking about me in the first place. People are just too busy worrying about themselves. They're not worrying about you. And I believe that to be true. And I feel the same way about your physical body and your career and your finances and your relationships. We all get so wrapped up in like, I got to look good for this and for this. And if you are doing it for yourself, that's awesome. But if you're doing it for likes and comments and follows and, and praise and from other people, I think it's an empty journey because at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit, man. And I don't mean that in like a negative way, but nobody really cares. You have to be doing all these things for you. And I'm just not a fan of of jeopardizing, you know, your health and feeling bad to look a certain way and take that from me, you guys, you know, I've competed in, in bodybuilding and I've been on stage before and you don't feel great in those moments and it's short term, right? It's for an end goal. It, you know, it was for a, a sponsorship or for whatever it was for was it healthy? I don't think so. Was it safe? For sure. Um, this other stuff, I don't know. You know, I I really don't. I would just urge people to do, do your research, you know, talk with your, your medical professional, if you have one or two of them in your corner that you trust, and then just make the best educated guess from there. But if you're doing something and it's making you feel like shit and, it's not healthy for you. I don't know why you would continue to do it just to look a certain way. Like, your friends and family and the people closest to you love you anyway. They don't give a shit if you're 10 pounds heavier or 10 pounds lighter. Your legacy is not tied to that. Even mine isn't. You know, the people, when I'm dead and gone, the people that will remember me will not remember me just for being super fit. It's part of my story, but that's not the only thing. Especially the people really closest to me. Like, I don't think if I gain 10 pounds, Heather's going to leave me. You know what I'm saying? And if she gains 10 pounds or loses 10 pounds, I don't love her anymore or any less. Same thing for my mom or my dad. And if my grandparents were all still alive, like I'd feel the same way about them. So do things that make you healthier. And then the byproduct is you move and feel and you look a certain way. Don't don't give up your health for short-term vanity goals. I don't think that's ever the answer and I think it does more harm than good both physically and probably psychologically down the line because for a lot of people if if you're doing it to lose the weight are you going to do the drugs for the next 30 years for the next 20 years for the next 10 years for even the next five years is that what you want to commit to the answer is probably no next one uh your top hip-hop MCs. uh explain how you came to love hip-hop I'll try to make this quick uh I don't know, man. I loved, I've loved, you know, hip hop my whole life. I uh, I remember being real little and uh, getting like those little Columbia House things in the mail. You guys remember? I'm old, so it would be this thing called Columbia House, and those these things would come in the mail, and you could like rip off these little. They're like little stamps almost, with like movie uh, pictures on them and CD pictures on them. And I remember I did that, and I did it for movies, and it was like, uh, I remember I did Menace to Society. I did New Jersey Drive, I did Friday, I did Tales in the Hood, and then something else was the other movie that I did. And then for CDs, I remember like the first CDs was like Warren G Regulate, Dr. Dre the Chronic, Snoop Doggy Dogs, uh, Doggy Style, Too Short, Get In Where You Fit In, and then what else did I have? I think I had like maybe one of the NWAs. Or maybe was it was easy, like straight out of Compton. Anyways, like I would just pick random stuff and I would send these in with like a fake name and then it would come back to our house. Now we you get a bill, so you get like six movies for free and, and six CDs for free. And then you had to be like in a subscription and keep paying for it. Um, And then I would, would tell my parents like, hey, I did this. And I'd have my mom call and say like, hey, this kid is 10 years old. Like we can't afford this shit. You should never send it to him. And then usually they just, you keep the stuff and then they cancel the account. So that's how I got a lot of this stuff. Because my family didn't have a bunch of money. Um, I do remember my grandma buying me uh, a tape uh, before even the CDs came out. She bought me Onyx, the tape, um, at this place called Face the Music where I grew up. And it was an Onyx tape. And the the title of the album was Back the Fuck Up. But it was spelled really weird. And my grandma, bless her heart, I don't think she noticed or probably didn't give a shit. And she's just like, Ah, yeah, let's give the kid this tape. And so that's kind of where a lot of it started. But I always just... I always loved, you know, basketball. Um, I loved football and a lot of that, just, you know, hip hop kind of came in the environment. Like if you played hoops, we just played rap music. And I remember being young and uh, my best friend's brother was older than us and he would always get the CDs because CDs would come out every Tuesday. And I remember I already had Dr. Dre the Chronic and Snoop Dogg doggy style. So my brain was already fucked up. And then he he gave me um, Thug Life Volume 1, which if you guys remember, Tupac was in a group called Thug Life. And uh, that Thug Life Volume 1 is still one of my favorite albums to this day. Like, st- I still listen to it to this day. I still play it this day. I still send lyrics to my friends. We're all in a text ring. a group with a bunch of, you know... To be honest, I grew up with a bunch of, like, gamble-holics and alcoholics and, and drug addicts and bullies, man. Like, that was my circle. All good people, you know, but they're just—we're a bunch of just fuck-ups. The fact that we all have real jobs and, and most of us aren't in jail or prison is is a miracle. But uh, that was the, the the guys I grew up with. That's the music we listen to. Um, so I guess that's how I got into it, and I've loved it ever since. It's my favorite form of music. It's what I listen to 95% of the time. Probably drives Heather nuts, but Tupac is my goat. You know, I love Snoop, Dre, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, Cameron, Eminem, DMX, Bone Thugs, you know, Capone Noriega, Mob Deep, Do or Die. I could go on all day. Uh, I'm an old school hip hop head. The new stuff I don't listen to. um, I just never got into it. My my rap music probably stops like 2005. You know, that's probably the end for me. Anything beyond that, I probably don't know it um, or listen to a lot of it. Maybe if like, you know, Kanye did stuff with Pusher T or Rick Ross or something. Maybe I would hear it, but um, yeah, man, I'm an an old school hip hop head. I love it forever. If anybody wants to go, you know, 90s, early 2000s rap lyrics for me and they had like a Jeopardy for that, I'm Ken Jennings, man. Like I'm going to smoke a lot of people, Um, but I love it. Next one, uh, bring back Dr. Amy Shaw to the podcast. 100%. uh, I've been messaging her her on uh, Instagram actually, and um, I'll get her back on the pod here. Uh, sooner than later for sure next one best spots around Washington state I mean this is really a Heather question Um, I'm not from Washington state my wife is Um, summertime it's great dude I would say Seattle area in the summertime I've only ever been to Seattle in August I've been to Seattle like four or five times it's been sunny every time I've been there it's been beautiful perfect weather Uh, I can't complain we actually went to a wedding in the Space Needle which was super cool. So I do think Seattle in the summertime is awesome. The rest of the year seems gray and wet to me, which is not my favorite. Um, other than that, I do think the the Redmond kind of Bend area is awesome. We were just there a couple of weeks ago. Some of the best lakes, uh, hiking trails, mountain trails, mountain views you're going to see. Um, we stopped at this place called Devil's Lake, which is amazing. Uh, the blue pools, you can see all the stuff on my Instagram. There's a clear Lake area. That's very close to there. There's so much stuff that we didn't even see. Heather would know all the names of the hikes, but, uh, tough to beat. It's like 50 degrees in the morning and the night, 80 degrees during the day. Those are awesome spots. Uh, the Redmond airport is probably my favorite airport in the world. It's super small. Um, easy to fly into, easy to fly out of. We have direct flights from here to there, which is great. Um, Cannon beach is is awesome in the summer when it's nice. And I I have to say that when it's nice, I do think the Oregon coast beaches are way better than the California beaches. And I know that's people like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, Hear me out here. There's way less people. It's way cleaner. Um, There's so much beach and the coast is just, it's so fresh and so crisp. And so when it's nice there, it's nicer than California. However, it's nice there about 10 days a year. No, I, I could be off on the days, maybe it's more than that. I know people are going to roast me when I say that, but I've dude, I've been like on the Oregon coast on the beaches in the summertime in pants in a hoodie pulled up with the hat on freezing my ass off in August. And it's it's rough, dude. And I've been to a wedding, we went to a, these we went to a wedding of a friend of ours in uh, I think it was Gearhart, Oregon. We showed up the day before the wedding. Oh my God, beautiful. Sun is shining. I got shorts on, long sleeve tee, walking on the beach with Heather. It's amazing. Not sweating an ounce, not cold, not warm, just perfect. I'm like, this is beautiful. This is amazing. The next day, I shit you now, we wake up. It's like a Stephen King fucking movie. Like The fog comes in. I can't see 10 feet in front of my face. We go to this wedding. It's like dark it's drizzle it's cold i'm under a heat lamp the whole time freezing my ass off it was like we're on two different planets so it's beautiful and it's amazing but the weather is often not that nice it's probably why you can buy like a beachfront house for a million bucks and like in california that's 10 million dollars right uh but it is awesome so if i was to tell anybody if you want to do the seattle area in the summertime and obviously there's so much stuff there uh north like the mountain ranges obviously rainier hood All the stuff, again, this is more of a Heather question, but if I had to pick somewhere of the places I've been, I do think like the the Redmond Bend area is probably the nicest because you kind of get the best of both worlds. It's like a Scottsdale-ish in terms of how clean and nice it is, but they have way more to do nature-wise really close by. So hopefully uh, that helped answer all the questions here. Uh, I think that's good for today. Uh, it's a lot of stuff um, for you guys. Hopefully I answered them uh, in the best way, shape, or form I could. I know it's not uh, perfect a lot of these, but they're opinion questions, right? And at the end of the day, you know, I'm not the moral police for anyone. I'm not a judge of anybody. I'm just, I want people to do what makes them the happiest in their life. And I really believe, you know, if if people could just let go of, you know, all the shit that's out there. And what I mean is we sometimes make decisions in life based on what we think other people think or what we think other people want and you know what our parents think we should do or our husband or wife thinks we should do or what our friend circle is doing. And I personally don't think that's a great way to live life. I really don't. I think you have to, as you grow up, understand who you are, understand what's important to you, understand what you want to do, and then work your ass off for the things you want and play to your strengths. And don't be a people pleaser. Don't break your back for everybody else around you. Help people. Be a good you know, member of the community. Be a good member of, of your, your friend circle. But do what makes you happiest, man. And just bang your own drum, dude. And there's no wrong answer and there's no right answer. There's only the answer that works for you. And I know... It's tough at times if you're not normal and maybe you have a friend circle or you're in a marriage or relationship and and things have changed. You know, what you think is important has changed. Your shared vision has changed. You know, the things you used to do are not the same things that bring you joy now. The things that you used to think were important aren't as important anymore. And that's okay. That's because you're evolving and you're changing. And sometimes the people around you don't change at the same pace that you do. And that's totally okay. And I hear a lot in my world, Well, Jeremy, you shouldn't do this so much and you should do more of that. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me I, I shouldn't work as much? Like I should do this more, this more. Like I do what makes me the happiest. And I try to to balance that the best that I can. I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I like doing a lot of the stuff that I do. And I know for people who like hate what they do for a living, it seems daunting that somebody would work seven days a week if they like what they do. It's the same thing with fitness. Like I'm a fitness person. I move my body every single day. For somebody who hates to be active, it seems crazy. And they'd be like, it seems obsessive. Well, why do you exercise so much? Because I love it. Because I enjoy it. And even the stuff that I hate, like, do I love split squats? No, nobody loves them. And they're fucking terrible. I go, but I love the challenge of it. I love accomplishing something achieving something I love how it makes me be able to move and feel and be pain free and be strong and I don't love them and in, in like how it burns and hurts and like how you're pushing through that but I love that it allows me to go hiking you know and not be tired I love that it allows me you know do I love pushing a sled like I just did today no that sucks Your legs are burning, your calves are on fire, you can't breathe, and it's just uncomfortable as fuck. I go, but if it lets me go paddleboard for two hours and not be tired, I'll do it. If it lets me hike to see something that very few humans have seen in person, I'll go do that because I think it's cool. I train because I still want to be able to run a mile in under six minutes because for some reason I think that's neat. I want to still be able to dunk a basketball. You know, I want to be able to get out of bed and not be pain-free. I want to be able to have sex with my wife and not be fucking gassed after 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something from all of that. But for somebody on the outside, that a lot of these things might seem excessive. What I'm saying is you can't worry about what other people think about your lifestyle and what you do and how you live it. As long as at the end of the day, you're happy with the decisions that you're making. I think that's the most important thing for all of us is just if you love what you do, Keep doing it. If you don't like what you do, change it. And there's an Instagram post I'm going to share probably in a week or so. Um, Taylor Stone had uh, had put this out, and I believe the way she framed it was, "What you're not changing in your life, you're choosing." You know, and obviously it's it's summertime here, and it's about 200 degrees every day, and and people come in here and bitch about the weather every single day. Oh, it's so hot! It's so hot! It's so hot! Yeah, I know it is. It's hot as balls out there. It's not. It's not beautiful in Scottsdale, in Arizona. I go, but if you're not going to change your environment, you're choosing to be here. You can live anywhere. You can live anywhere in America. You can live in Minnesota or Wisconsin or Florida or Nevada or Arizona. Some of those places are hotter than others. But if you're not going to change it, you don't really have a right to complain about it. And that's the way I feel about your finances. That's the way I feel about your you know, marriage. It's the same way I feel about your physical body, your strength, your mobility, your endurance. If you're not willing to change it, you can't really complain about it. And if you're not changing it, you're choosing it. And the cool thing about that is that you're the CEO and you're in the driver's seat. And you can change anything in your life you want to anytime you want. So take that with you this week, you guys. Um, any questions for me, as always, just ask. I appreciate these. Um, hopefully they provided you the value that you're looking for. If you guys want to see me uh, inside the Jeremy Scott Fitness app, the link's in the show notes, jeremyscottfitness.app. You get a week for free. All my personal weekly workouts and everything else, we're loading inside of there as well. Uh, If you want a free sample of AG1, hit me up. Don't feel weird. Just ask for the free sample. I got a huge box right in front of me with about 300 samples I'm just waiting to send out to the world. So please ask. I'll get it to you. Otherwise, drinkag1.com slash Scott gets you all the free stuff. All other podcast sponsors in the show notes below. If you guys want our free supplement guide or anything else, please reach out and ask. And again, our newsletter, we're sending out uh, emails every single week. We've been doing that for 13 years. If you want to be on the newsletter email list, hit us up. We send out a lot of discounts, coupons. Really, we send out just a lot of really helpful information, I think, to help you guys, you know, live the, the healthiest, happiest life possible. So if you want to be on that, just ask and I'll put you on there. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you guys. Um, we got about 2,000 videos on YouTube at this point. You guys can subscribe for free. Jeremy's Got Fitness at YouTube. And if you're on Apple Podcast, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five-star, leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. If you guys are on Spotify, leave us a five-star there as well. Selfishly, it helps us, and we appreciate it. So uh, have an awesome rest of your Friday, you guys. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.